to the Dirty Moms Talk podcast, and we're your hosts, Brittany, mom of seven, creator of the Deliberate Day Journal, Tiffany, mom of five, author of DoraJane.com. Motherhood is overwhelming. It's always pushing you to do more and be more 24 hours a day. But here's the thing. You are the best mom for your kids. And no one on this earth is more perfectly created and qualified than you. If you are looking for honest answers to your real questions about motherhood, you've found your people. We're here to commiserate, to encourage, and empower real moms in the chaos of motherhood. And give you real solutions that get you one step closer to the motherhood you want. Brittany, how do you feed your family but not spend all day cooking? Okay, well, you're talking about 21 meals a week, and so pretty much (laughs) it does wrap up a lot of your time. Before, I meal planned where I had different breakfasts, different lunches, and different dinners every single day, and it was getting a little bit overwhelming. And I've talked to Tiffany so many times about the fact that meals are a priority for us. Dinners together are a priority. Introducing our kids to new foods are a priority. Encouraging our kids to eat well and make healthy decisions. All of these things are a priority for us. So when I was looking at my menu, I felt like I I couldn't really change anything. And then I heard another mom come in and say, I just decided that I had to make more time somewhere. So she went to having the same exact meals on the same days every single week. And that's just what they do. On Monday, they have this for breakfast. Then they have this for lunch. And they have this for dinner. And as I was talking to Tiffany, I said, I just can't commit to that. I, we like trying new recipes. We like eating different things. And I can't commit to eating the same thing for every single meal. It would make grocery shopping easier, yes. It would make planning basically null and void because it's always the same plan, which would save me some time. My favorite thing is to kind of mash up different things, take from here, take from here, and make something new for our family. So what we do to feed our family but not spend all day on cooking is the same breakfasts each week. On Monday we have something, then on Tuesday we have the same thing, you know, and we'll usually do a variety because I have older kids who can cook. And actually all the way down to my six-year-old can make their own eggs for themselves. So that eggs are always an option. And then we have oatmeal or eggs. We have um, English muffins, toast, bagels, whatever bread we've got on hand, tortillas, that and eggs. We have Pop-Tarts or waffles. Those are usually on days where I know we're going to be leaving the house and I need something that is completely out of my hands. And you can buy healthier waffles. You can buy healthier Pop-Tarts. If I'm honest, I don't right now. No judgment. Um, Then we've got oatmeal or cream of wheat or eggs. Eggs are always kind of the side option for anybody who would rather have eggs instead of the other. Lunches, we always do leftovers or what I consider to be freestyle. So that saves me a ton of time. If you have little kids who can't make their own meals, this doesn't really save you time. So I would recommend planning simple meals and meals that you can hold together quickly. Either you do your prep work early on in the week, maybe on Sunday you prep stuff for the lunches early. Whatever it is, make it simple, make it quick, and make it easy. Yeah, well, and I know you do a lot of meal prep kind of Earlier in the day where you're taking meat out or the night before, Mm -hmm. you'll take your meat out or kind of get have an idea of what what you're going to have for dinner so that you can keep those steps a little easier. And you have your older kids doing their meal mastery. 
Yes, we do. Dinners are, I would say, kind of a well-oiled machine in our house now. I shake up the recipes every single time. And we love bowls. Bowls are our favorite thing to eat. Have some kind of a base like quinoa or rice, salad, chips, whatever the case may be, and then all kinds of toppings that go on top of that. I found it is the absolute best way for me to get my kids to eat vegetables in different forms. We put different sauces with them. But because our dinners tend to be a little bit more elaborate and take more time, I usually make enough, I make a little extra, so that that carries over as leftovers. And then that takes any pressure off of me to make a good, decent meal for lunch or to have to make something from scratch or pull something out of nothing. I think that's really good. I just really love how you took one idea and changed it to your kind of, it still fits your values, but also you're making life a little bit easier for yourself, you know? Like, like a hybrid print. Well, a hybrid. Really, yeah. And I think so many times we tend to be all or nothing. Yes. Either, you know, either I have to be that mom who only has five shirts, five pairs of pants, they're all the same color, I have to wear them all, right? <laughs> so you have seven breakfasts, seven lunches, seven dinners, they're always the same, and that's yeah. the only way it could be. Or you have to be Betty Crocker in the kitchen. Yeah you know, 17 hours a day. A Pinterest mom. and Well, and if that's your thing, I think that's fantastic. But it's also important to know that life gets really dangerous when we get into all or nothing. Yeah. And so when we can figure out what works for us, I remember there was a time when my husband was home for breakfast, but he wasn't home for dinner. Mm -hmm. So we would have big breakfasts together as a family that was our meal that we would eat together this was like back in the day when he was in school and that I I think if I had all or nothing thinking I never would have considered well we can have breakfast be our big meal yeah. of the day so maybe you have a husband who works the swing shift maybe you have teenagers I have a son right now he likes to work out for several hours a night so in order for us all to have dinner together I know that I have to have dinner on the table at 4 p.m. Well, that's kind of early to eat dinner, unless, of course, you're in your <laughs> 60s or 70s. But hey, no, that's when we eat usually. At 4? Yeah, we usually we eat between 4 and 5 every day. What? Yeah. Okay, so I shoot for 4. Well, I'm glad. I feel better about that. But <laughs> normally I was like a 6 to 7 p.m. dinner person, but we've just had to adjust. And so I think it is important to kind of meet halfway change things up, be willing to do different things, especially when you have teenagers who are working and working out and doing all the things. Or husbands who are working or, or different yep. routines that are happening. Sports, I know that that plays a really big part. Oh my goodness, sports. Yeah. And be willing to take dinner on the road. I've seen sports moms do amazing things like put leftovers in containers that keep them hot and then everyone eats together at the soccer field like mm -hmm. this is just another thing where I think you're limited by your creativity um, yeah definitely and I would say too with your bowl idea one way to make sure that you're not spending your entire life in the kitchen would be to create maybe we tried for a little while and we still do it occasionally we'll have a theme a theme for the week Mm -hmm. So my favorite cookbook is Trejo's Tacos. <laughs> my favorite cookbook of Tiffany's is Trejo's Tacos, too. Oh, it's the best. And what I'll do is on Saturday or Sunday, I'll make up every salsa in the book. I'll make up some of the cremas. 
And then I will choose different meats to cook throughout the week. So maybe Sunday I'll make chicken. Uh, Monday or Tuesday I'll make beef. Then I can make pork. And we'll kind of take Brittany's bowl idea. We'll add in different vegetables with those meats. Sometimes we get crazy and mix the meats together. <laughs> Sometimes we'll put it over nachos. Sometimes we'll put it on tortillas. Sometimes we'll put it over rice. But you can really cut back on your time, still eat delicious food mm-hmm. by utilizing those leftovers and kind of batch cooking, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, together and then figuring out using, again, your creativity to make different meals out of it. Yeah, like if you make a giant pork roast at the beginning of the week and then you clean all of that out, you can do a pork roast with potatoes and vegetables. Next night you can do pork roast with barbecue sauce and put them on buns. Next night you can put, I don't know if you've ever just thrown pork roast, like a Boston butt, into a pan with broccoli and then just sauteed that up with some garlic and a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper. It's amazing. And then my mom was always making a stir fry somewhere in the week, taking the vegetables that were left over because nobody wants to eat a small cup full of zucchini that was cooked three nights ago or something. And so she would kind of take all of those vegetables, throw them in with rice, throw in whatever meat we had that week, and then scramble up some eggs and cook those in. And that was dinner. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, so we have lots of really concrete ideas for how you can not spend your entire life in the kitchen and still eat good food, I think. Yes, definitely. And as always, you know, be kind to yourself. If your husband doesn't come home until 7 or 8 p.m. at night, then you probably don't want to be making elaborate meals that are going to have you in the kitchen all night. So maybe earlier in the week, you cook up 10 pounds of chicken breasts, and then you use those chicken breasts for all the meals throughout the week. And then you're not taking on so much and spending so much time when your time is divided with little ones. That's hard. It really is tough. Oh, in dinner time, I remember dinner time with kids like grabbing onto my legs Mm -hmm. and trying to hold a baby and let it be easy. Yeah, let it be be easy. easy. Recognize that we're in different seasons at different times. And if you need it to be easy, just let it be. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with some hot dogs and frozen vegetables. No, there isn't. Not at all. And speaking of hot dogs and frozen vegetables, Brittany, (laughs) what or how do you choose what you're going to keep up with and what you're going to let go? Ooh, I would say experience is one of the biggest factors in that. But I think being a student of your children, as we've talked about before, teaches you a lot about what is important to let go. There was a while where I was willing to die on any hill that my kids were willing to die on. And listen, that is that is a lot of battles to be fought in a day. And even now, my older kids will say, how can you let her do that? Or why are you letting her do that? And I wish I could remember, but there was a priest who talked about it in likeness to God from the Old Testament to the New Testament and how our parenting changes. And that's a good thing, actually, because we're learning and we're growing and we're experiencing the whole time in our parenthood, right? And so as we adapt and change, we do start to say, hey, you know what? This isn't actually the most important battle I need to die on. And you know that if you've been listening any time at all, you know that one of our hills is respect. That's probably the biggest hill I'm willing to die on is respect. Because I think that respect and love actually kind of go hand in hand together. And by teaching our children respect, 
We're really teaching them how to love in a beautiful way. Just respect in every situation is such an incredible gift to be able to give these people who we're raising, to be able to respond with respect for others and for ourselves, to me, is the hill I'm willing to die on, and my husband too. And then also food. We've talked about before many times, food is one of those hills that we've been willing to die on. Obeying when you're asked to, that comes back to respectfulness though, I guess, really in the end. Yeah, we, over the years, I've talked to my kids, uh, especially when, when it was just me out with all five of them, it was really important to me that they listen immediately the first time. Yes. Because that that is a safety issue. That can really become a safety issue. When you're out and about, if you're next to a street, I need to know that when I say stop, you're going to stop. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not like a power trip thing. It's like a keep you out from in front of a car thing. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And that, I think that's one thing where you have an opportunity to practice it all the time. And then another thing that we're really big on, too, is that if your sibling asks you to stop, you need to stop. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something and and one of your siblings tells you to stop, just stop. Yeah. I mean, because you would like them to stop when you ask them. That's I have Mm -hmm. repeated that about a bazillion times, but that's just that immediate listening is really important, I think, especially when kids are little and even when they get older, I know I keep coming back to driving practice. Yeah. But that's another thing where, holy cow, like if you're in the passenger seat yelling stop, you definitely want your child who is learning how to drive to stop. Yes. So I guess my my biggest thing would be listening the first time right away immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I don't let that go. And there are other things, I don't know, other small things that, that are battles I choose to, to fight, you know, on, on the day-to-day, like keeping all the food in areas that aren't the living room. What about, <clears throat> what about things that you choose to keep up with and let go of just in life in general? Maybe in your home or in your, let's say, are there things that you did when you had one or two kids that you've discovered after having seven you don't have time for and you don't feel bad about. For me, for many years, it was Christmas cards. Like I I want to be the person who sends Christmas cards. And finally, this year, after like 10 years, I was able to do that to a certain extent. But for many years, I just, I didn't have the bandwidth. That was something that I had to let go, even mm-hmm. though it was something that I really wanted to do. For me, probably birthday parties. We worked really hard to host great birthday parties early on, and then I just realized that they weren't as big a priority. And it was one of those things that we chose to let go and, again, just kind of create our own hybrid and adapt. And now what we have works really well for us. And then for myself, I suppose I've let go of not ever taking me time, if that makes sense, Not, not being a slave to every single day doing all of the things. I've let go of needing to have my hands in every little thing and make sure it's done perfectly. I've let go of not allowing my kids to help out or allowing my husband to help out in the way that he feels is the best way because I have a better way. Yeah, I had to also let go of being the ideal room mom when my kids were little. 
I I always wanted to be like the preschool mom who brings oh, all the yeah. things and signs up for the parties and yep. and you know does all the stuff I wanted like that's the mom I wanted to be because that's who my mom was. But once Kevin was injured and I kept having kids, it became very apparent that just getting myself dressed in the morning and yeah. out the door was probably going to be enough and I couldn't I couldn't take on those other responsibilities much beyond caring for the people that were in my house. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I had to let go. And I would say too, it's important to know that if you had this wonderful idea of the mom that you wanted to be, just because you've had to let go of some things for a little bit doesn't mean you have to let go of them forever. Like Brittany may decide, probably not because I'm on on the same page with <laughs> birthday parties, but you know, if one of us decides all of a sudden next year that we want to host a magnificent birthday party, I mean, there's nothing that says that we can't change our minds and decide to do that. Mm-hmm. But knowing that that's just not where we're at right now, we're okay with that. And I know you do not actually do spend the nights. That's something you guys have let go. That is something that we've let go. Yes. Oh, man. And let me tell you, I get guff for that from my (laughs) eight-year-old all the time. And And from other parents, surprisingly. Yes. Well, yeah. Because, okay, so here's the thing. Oh, it's awful. So (laughs) when... And and I want to give you permission if you are a parent, right, who does like if if you are just surviving through overnight stays of other children in your home, you can say no. You can be like, hey, our family doesn't do this anymore because Mm -hmm. here's what would happen. Right. We would have kids come stay at our house. My husband doesn't sleep at night at all. I didn't sleep at night for probably oh, I don't know, 15 years. So now when I get to sleep at night, it's really important because even even so, I get woken up several times a night between cats and my husband. But when we had other kids stay at our house, I would have like a running tally of exactly what that child was doing at any given hour. And it was usually way too late because kids don't sleep. When they go to sleepovers, they don't. Mm -hmm. And then you could say, well, it's okay to let your child go over and sleep at someone else's house. But then I was thinking that wouldn't be very nice to do because I know <laughs> my kid, if they do fall asleep at night, my kid's going to wake up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. They're going to be that kid. And then they're going to wake everyone else up. So finally, I was just like, we're not doing this. We're not. No more sleepovers. That is it. That's the rule. And I have stuck with that pretty hard and fast for several years now. Just as a laughable thing, but we really have given up gum, slime, balloons, and markers. They're just things that really didn't serve us so consistently that we don't invite them back into our house now. And I I have no guilt about that at all. My kids can color with crayons. They can color with colored pencils. We don't have markers. Well, and that's okay. I think that's they will really enjoy markers when they go to someone else's house. (laughs) Yes. Well, and it's important, too, to know what you can handle, mm-hmm. right? Because I think a lot, of our, a lot of our trouble that we have as moms with overwhelm comes when we're trying to do more than we can handle. Yeah, I would completely agree. So this is your permission slip. Figure out what, what creates 
more stress in your life right now? Okay, you can't choose like feeding the children or giving them baths or anything that keeps people and animals alive. (laughs) But are there extra things that you're doing right now that aren't serving anyone because they're making you crazy and in turn you're making your kids and your husband crazy? Let it go. And don't be apologetic. Just be like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. We're actually not doing spend the nights right now either. Also, another thing that we've chosen to let go is we don't make plans that day. When we're at the park with friends or when my mother comes by to visit and they want to take the kids off somewhere, no, it's something that needs to be planned. Because right now in this season that we're in, it helps our whole family to have it planned Because there's so many different factors that go into allowing some children to go do something. And there's so many different things that you're trying to keep up with. And sometimes it's okay to just let that all go by the wind. But when you're trying to make a decision like that on the fly, it's just so hectic. And I support that, especially as you're getting into teenagers. That is a fantastic rule to make, a 24-hour rule. Yes. Because it really promotes putting thought into your things and it promotes planning Mm -hmm. but I will tell you it will create conflict between you and other people's parents sometimes yes (laughs) but unfortunately if you have multiple children that's just how it has to be Mm -hmm. and if people know that then they will start to to work with you on that just knowing about the sheer amount of schedules that you have to coordinate. Yes. And so much more than schedules too. It's emotions and responsibilities. And there's so many different things that as a mom, you're balancing in your head and you're going over when you say yes to something. I always say, if you're saying yes to something, that often means you're saying no to something else. So I try to make sure my yeses mean yes, and it's a good yes. I like that. So pick good yeses. Community is vital in motherhood, so come connect with us on Instagram. You can find our handles in the show notes and go visit DeliberateDayJournal.com to find some free resources to start changing your motherhood today. Before you go, though, hit subscribe and give us a rating. Ratings will help us build a community where mothers feel seen, encouraged, and empowered. And here's the thing. We can share our wisdom. We can share our ideas, but we're not experts, and we have a lot to learn still, too. We would love to hear your thoughts and hear any ideas that you might have to add. 